Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. We talk Memphis, you sound so good. We talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning. It's Friday morning and I am Jim Shoemaker. The Talk Money here on KWAM 990. And we've got a program. I think you're going to find it to be one of those that uh, will stimulate you, entertain you, and educate you all in one big package. But before we get to the program... You know, Art, I, 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 this is, I'm kind of excited about the Super Bowl this weekend. Oh, who are you for? Well, I, I guess I'm a Peyton Manning fan, you know. Good I, choice. Yeah, Good I, mean, choice. I think most of us are because, believe it or not, you know, Dan Marino was 23 years old when he started in Super Bowl 19, mm-hmm. the youngest quarterback ever to play in a Super Bowl. You know where I'm headed with this, don't you? Okay, so Peyton Manning must be the oldest, oldest quarterback. Oldest quarterback to play in Super Bowl 50. You know, he's just, I mean, you give him credit. I mean, I'm not going to say bionic guy, He's got, but he's hurt sometimes. He plays. I'm just hoping he can have one of his best games ever. And, of course, I was so impressed with the defense. It's going to be a game. It's going to be a game. Yes, it is. And Did you see the church sign that uh, somebody took a picture of and no. posted it on Facebook? Uh, it says, It says, God has no faves. However, the sign person does. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. The sign person does. I like it. I like it. Well, we've got a program that I think you'll find to be interesting. Shannon Dyson's with us, a frequent guest of ours, and one of those guys that just is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the Affordable Care Act and how you have to do all the planning that you do when you're thinking about retirement and health care or you're trying to change jobs and you need to find out what your health care is going to cost or you're a small employer and you know, a small business, and you're looking at how to best cover your employees, that is a tough question. And, I mean, there's so much going on about that. He'll be with us at the, as soon as we take him out of the break, and then in the second half of the program, the whole thought is college. You know, most of us desire our kids to go to college, or we desire to go to college. Well, it's coming, and whether you're ready or not. I've got two ladies that are going to be with us, and uh, Terry Hurt and Taylor Lloyd are going to talk about some of the financial decisions and planning process that you have to do in order to prepare yourself to pay for college, number one, and then, of course, also in getting prepared to go to college from a standpoint of where am I going to go to college? Well, those are questions and comments that we'll be talking about when we come back. But before we take the break, let me say one thing. I've noticed that it's uh, February. Now, I, I work out on a regular basis, and I know everybody in the studio works out on a regular basis. I noticed last, and I worked out last night, and it seemed like that we were still hanging on to the January crowd. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know, all those people that show up January and I've got to work out for the rest of the year, all that kind of stuff. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. well, guess what? 46% of the new gym members dropped their membership by February. By the end of January, February the 1st, they're done. <laughs> Half the people walk away. We laugh about it. The guys that are regular where I work out, we laugh about it. They show up. We say, there's a new face. There's a new face. There's a new face. I wonder how long they'll last. They'll at least last through Fat Tuesday. Yeah, Fat Tuesday. Exactly. <laughs> That's a great point. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. We've got Shannon Dyson coming up 
about the Affordable Care Act. You want to know something about how to pay for your insurance plan? That's where you're going to find it out with Shannon Dyson. We'll be back right after this. Shannon Dyson, Terry Hurt, and Taylor Lloyd are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated, securities dealer member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Talk Money will return right after this. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Keisha Parrish at 901-757-5757 or email at kparish at shoemakerfinancial.com. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Podcasts of the Talk Money program are available for iOS mobile devices. Go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. Well, we're talking with uh, Shannon Dyson. Shannon, uh, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you. Good to be back. You know, you are a frequent guest, and it's because not only are you good at what you do, but you have a beautiful wife. No, I'm shitting. Well, that's true. That's that's true. Yeah, but... uh, Whatever you know, I do, that will always be true. always going to follow yeah. you, doesn't it? You know, she's such a sweet lady. She's a great lady. But, no, seriously, you are a frequent guest of ours because you do bring an enormous amount of, of knowledge and experience when it comes to the benefit world, health benefits. He's the vice president of Shoemaker Benefits in, uh, in the office and, as I said, very knowledgeable. And I guess, Shannon, we, we, this is a subject that, whether you like it or not, we have to talk about it. It's something that's on everybody's mind. We've just ended the open enrollment period, January the 31st. That was just just this past week. Right. Um, What were the numbers? How many people ended up signing up compared to what everybody estimated? What do you think? Sure. So 12 million people uh, signed up this year through the Affordable Care Act, healthcare.gov. They had the Obama administration had projected 10 million. Um, so that looks good, $2 million more than what they projected. And that's been a big worry for a lot of people, too, right? Correct. I mean, because there wasn't – when it started, there was not that many. So it's improving. Well, and so they, they kind of got smart because the CBO had actually projected $20 million for right. this year. But yeah. when the Obama administration said, well, you know what, we're going to project $10 million, <laughs> They look uh, better. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, that's, that's part of the game. I yeah, mean, I absolutely. It. But absolutely. at least we're seeing progressively more people enrolling. Correct. There's been, I mean, 12 million this year. I think there were 11 million last year. So there's a million more people enrolled into the system mm-hmm. uh, this year more than last year. Now, where those people are coming from, that's kind of up for discussion. Are they coming from Medicaid expansion? Are they coming from people actually going on to the healthcare.gov site and enrolling? You know, where are those numbers coming from? And that'll be released a little bit later this year. And we'll, when we get that number, we'll come back and talk with you about that because I, I think it, it's important for people to get a handle on how the system's working. Because I know there's a fine if you don't, uh, let, you know, do any coverage or elective right. coverage, you get a fine. So. Yeah, one thing that they did is they made the fines progressively more uh, penalizing, I guess would be the guess mm-hmm. word, the best word. Uh, this year for 2016, the fine is $695 uh, per adult, half of that for a child, uh, or 2.5% of your adjusted gross income, whichever is greater. Yeah, I know, Shannon, and, and help me with this, because you do this every day, and, I, and, and you know, most of us kind of think, okay, that's something that's going on. But how do you – how does – 
if I don't enroll, okay, and I've got, I know it's going to be on my tax return, and and if I, can I actually get around that? Can I? Can I? Well, we can't give advice on how to get around no, the, uh, <laughs> the the tax penalty. No, we can't. But, but, but yes, but, that's, but people are getting around it. That's aren't one they? of the things that that people that were arguing against the law. Right. Uh, would say, you know, they, this the penalties were put in place so that we would have everybody or or most Americans that either had health insurance or they were at least paying into the system so that money could be there for claims. Uh, however, the people that argued against it said, well, you know, people will f- try to find a way around a penalty w- without having to pay it. Hmm. So if, for instance, someone were to file a tax return, they were to get that form and they were to put an incorrect group well, number sure, or yeah. an incorrect ID number. Um, that may take years for someone <laughs> to figure out or never for yeah. someone to figure out. So that's that's part of the problem. And I'm assuming, though, you know, let's put it in, in the real world, though, if you happen to try to do that to the government, we call that fraud. That is fraud. And yeah. uh, you very can, definition, yeah. you know, there's no question about yeah. fraud and fraud is fraud. And so Correct. the penalties can be very severe for that. So I Absolutely. wouldn't want anybody to say or think that we even thinking about how to do that. But we just know that there's that. Mindset. It's just a reality. It is a reality. Yeah. And it was a very. Very big concern to a lot of people when this law was passed that right. that would happen. So we need to think about that and be sensitive about that. If you just tuned in, I'm talking with Shannon Dyson. He's the vice president of benefits at Shoemaker Financial. And we're talking about the Affordable Care Act and all the issues that go on with that and uh, lots of questions a lot of people have. I mean, Shannon, are there circumstances, I guess, that would um, allow an individual that would sign up after the 31st? I mean, that was the end of it. So what can it, can they come back on? This is probably one of the most understood parts of the law that I run into to every day. Uh, people think that they can still come on to an insurance plan or get an individual health insurance plan at any time throughout the year. And that's where it used to be. That's the way it used to be when, when you actually had to answer health questions right. to get a health plan. Right. So people would all the time, they would be shopping their health plan, just like you would shop your car insurance or shop your homeowner's insurance. Mm-hmm. They would call and say, hey, I think I'm paying too much for my health insurance. Can we see if there's another carrier? Sure. You know, we still get those calls. Uh, and the problem is that after January 31st, the open enrollment ends there are only a certain few instances where you can actually pick up new individual health insurance throughout the year. Otherwise, you're stuck. So if you did not take a plan, you cannot get a plan until the following year. Okay. Open enrollment. I want everybody to understand open enrollment. What does that mean? So that if you didn't and you found yourself now excluded right. for the year and you're going to have to pay a penalty for it, now it's next year Open enrollment, it comes back again. What does that mean? So open enrollment, it, it, they've kind of used the terminology from Medicare, open right, enrollment. exactly. And it's, it's almost the same time of year. So it's no, this year it was November 1st of 2015 through January 31st of 2016. Now, for our listeners, just pay attention. We did have Shannon on about November the... We warned everybody. I mean, we warned everybody. This is a ticking clock. Plenty of time. You know, we said, "Hey, here's what's going to happen. You got open enrollment. We defined it at that point, and we said you're going to go to January the 31st. Right now, now. So, so now, if you did not get health insurance, and you are basically, you cannot get health insurance until you can sign up for January 1st of 2017, with a few exceptions. Uh, And a lot of people that didn't sign up may have one of these happen. If you get married, if you get divorced, if you have a child. Uh, any of those, if you lose your job, any of those types of circumstances open up a special enrollment period for you to then get health insurance. All right. Married, divorced, child, or loss of job. Correct. Those are four, and those are the main four, main that, four. that would happen. 
Um, in, that, in that case, you have 30 days once that event happens in order to go on and get an individual health plan. All right, individual health plan. Uh, why Why is it that we do this? You know, why did we go to this type of plan where it's just this one time a year versus do it anytime? So the, the reason that they did that was that the insurance companies were told by the federal government on the Affordable Care Act law that you can no longer ask health questions on your uh, health forms. Right. Uh, you can't ask height and weight. You cannot ask any health questions at all on your forms. Uh, you cannot have pre-existing conditions. So because of that, the insurance companies had to come up with a way and the Affordable Care Act had to come up with a way where we couldn't have people that were getting sick about to go into the hospital and call and sign up for a health I plan. i got to get my health plan tomorrow because I'm going to have chemo it's tomorrow. adverse selection. <laughs> right. And so we couldn't have that. And right. so and that, that makes a lot of sense. And so since you can't have people coming on in and out of a plan – uh, they had to make it to where there's one open enrollment, period. Anybody who wants insurance can get it with no health questions asked, but you cannot get it throughout the year unless you have some sort of qualifying event. You know, I am I am one of those that I think that is so critical and that, that's important. I think people ought to be given the opportunity to have health care, yeah. and, and no question about that. But I, I think there's a way that you could abuse that. Now, we have a there's – a, there's a plan that's going to, you know, I guess, sunset – on the, the corridor and, yeah. and the intro. I want you to explain that to everybody because that's kind of looming for the yeah. small employer. Uh, you know, uh, let me ask this question first, I guess. This is a tough situation for small employers. They're looking at ongoing. And in 2017, we've got something that's going to grandfather called the insurance corridor. So right. explain the insurance corridor to our listeners. So when the, the Affordable Care Act was passed, there was a provision I don't want to say buried, but it was buried it, within it the law. It was buried, yeah. In uh, the, fact, most, most people most people no never heard of it. Yeah, so there. basically what it said is that the insurance carriers are going to project what claims are going to be each year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, the, if what they project, if it's 3% on either side, so if they spend more than 3% of what they project on claims, they actually can dip into federal tax dollars to help offset their costs. All right, let's make sure everybody heard that because that's not what people think. I mean yep. – Here's the, there, there, there was a whole lot of the swell. The insurance carriers are so wealthy and stuff. They, and so they're having to – all of a sudden, they have no questions. They cannot ask anybody what you got is for. And Correct. prior to this, prior to the Affordable Care Act, you did fill out health you care. You knew your risk. You knew, yeah. yeah, the insurance company managed their risk. Right. They took calculated you know, mortality or morbidity calculations to get that risk. Right. So they were able to do that. When the Affordable Care Act became law, that went away. Correct. And so the insurance carrier said, wait a minute, that's going to be weak. We have no idea who we're taking on as clients. And so there was, they set up the ability for them to, if I, we get in trouble for, for it's they have a security for, blanket. Exactly. <laughs> so they had that, you know, they're swinging on the trapeze up there. Right. If they slipped and fell, there's a net to catch them. Correct. Now that, I don't, I don't see that as a problem, except that we're paying that as tax dollars. Correct. I mean, we're paying for that. But that kept them in business. They're kept them in business and helped kept pricing down as well. Exactly. All right. That is supposed to go away. That's, that is supposed to go away in 2017. Okay. And so at that point, then they are left without that security net. Net. Uh, and then we, that the projections of pricing, there's all over the board. People are projecting pricing to skyrocket once that happens. Um, we I mean, don't I've know. heard some numbers, and you have too. So yes. I think it's I think it's okay if we share 
some of the things. Yeah, I've read several articles that are talking about the bronze level plans, and the bronze level plans are the entry level plans into the basic basic plan, plan, just basic health insurance. In other words, what most everybody, not most everybody, but but a lot of people that if you're young and you feel like you don't have to go to the doctor a lot, you you buy a base level bronze plan, and it's an inexpensive way to get health insurance. We've seen estimates of those are going to increase by ninety percent over the next five years once that security blanket in twenty seventeen goes away. That is. Hard to believe. Yes, it is. Now, now saying that, you you have to think that Congress may, before 2017 comes, extend that. Uh, we don't know. I mean, the insurance carriers have a lot of uh, very clout. well-paid lobbyists yeah, uh, there, so lobbyists that, and, that could change. But if they don't change that, then that blanket, as you It's said, common sense. If they don't change that, the pricing is going to go up. And it's going to go up anyway sure. as an annual increase because we all see annual increases. So I think what we have to all come to grips with is that the tax-paying dollar that we spend is paying a lot for this, this health insurance in order to cover Everybody and with a reasonable cost. Yeah, it is on that risk corridor, and it's also pay- our tax dollars are also paying for the subsidies that, that we're that we're getting, which yeah. which helps make the insurance affordable for millions of Americans. You know, and I, and again, that's the positive side of yep. it. it the, the tax burden becomes that of the taxpayer. We are all paying that. So right. from that standpoint, I guess I guess we have to look at it and say there's some good. Sure, absolutely. And then yeah. there's some bad that we have to look at this. Just like anything, there's good and bad. Well, let me ask you this, because this is the question that everybody gets, especially with the election year. Mm-hmm. And we hear it tossed about, you know, the Republican Party, the you know, the progressive party now that we talk about right. the progressive party right. or the Democratic Party right. that's progressive, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Uh, but the reality is it's being tossed about. It's kind of that uh, proverbial volleyball that yeah. you see at the stadium that sure. goes all over the place. Sure. What do you think is going to be? Well, that's going to be an interesting um, concept, This the end of this year, because the timing could not be worse. <laughs> because in the fall of this year is when they will release what the new numbers are going to be for health insurance premiums in 2017. And that's in the in the fall when the when the election will right be right in the middle of the as, election as well. And so if those numbers come out before the election, uh, and they're an additional thirty some odd percent like they were this year, uh, we could see that make a hu- have a huge impact on who we elect. And, and I, I want your opinion. And again, everybody needs to understand this is Shannon's opinion, not mine. But it, real close. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You never know. <laughs> That's right. You know, but again, if you just tuned in, I'm, I'm talking with Shannon Dyson. Shannon is a, a, a tremendous resource when it comes to the Affordable Care Act for the health insurance for small businesses, for individuals. And, and, and I do appreciate his opinion. And if you've got a question that you don't realize what's going on in your small business or individually, you want to talk to Shannon uh, or has anybody on his staff, just give him a call at 757-5757. That's Shannon Dyson, 757-5757, Vice President of Shoemaker Benefits. But, Shannon, what is your opinion with the Affordable Care Act? Do you think it's um, going to be around? Is it going to be dramatically changed? I mean, there's a lot of – I know you t- – talk about it a lot yeah. and you read a lot about it. I think we'll continue to see increases um, in, in 2016, 2017. I think those increases will get larger if the risk corridor goes away. And I don't see the subsidy dollars keeping up with the increases that we're going to have in the Affordable Care Act. So at some point, uh, and of course, the election will have a big thing to do uh, with how this thing goes. I don't think there will ever be a full repeal of the Affordable Care Act, in it's my opinion. It's not going it's away. It's not going away. Right. But I think that it can be tweaked, and I think that it will be, especially if the the increases that we're going to see in the fall of this year for next year have an influence on the presidential election hmm. uh, and what they start talking about uh, as, as a reason to elect them. I think that could have a huge impact on how the Affordable Care Act goes in the future. 
That's Shannon Dyson. Shannon, I guess the question, uh, let me kind of turn the page a little bit, because this question I got yesterday, and I guess it's one of those that I want to really dive in with you in the remaining time that we have. Um, here I am about to retire. I got a, you know, an individual about to retire. In fact, he works for one of the large corporations here in town. Mm-hmm. Called yesterday, and he says, hey, I'm working towards this. And we were kind of working through some of his retirement planning. And he, he asked about, you know, what kind of insurance is he going to get when he's no longer a part of this large corporation? Mm-hmm. And I mentioned to him, I said, well, we've got to do some planning, and I would talk to you about it. Well, here's what I want our listening audience to hear. It's now time to retire. You've been making X number of dollars. Let's say in this particular case, this guy was making a, a high six-figure income because mm-hmm. he was an executive of a large corporation. Now it's time for him to go on to a Medicaid, Medicare Part B, Part right. A, Part B, mm-hmm. and his premium is going to be enormous. I mean, yeah. much higher than what he was paying when he was a private and you know, worked for a company. Right. How does he avoid that? So, the, so Medicare Part A and B, when you turn 65, you automatically get Part A. Right. There's no premium associated with that right. at all. Part B, there is a premium. And for most Americans, it's around $121, $122 per month. Which is reasonable. And that covers your doctor part of right. Medicare. Uh, for people that are making high six-figure incomes, uh, they have a progressive scale that shows you how much more that you will pay for your Part B premium versus the average American. And so if you're making over, let's say, $170,000 a year combined income, then you're going to have an additional Two hundred and fifty or three hundred dollars per month added to your Part B premium, and this guy was even north of that. It was higher than the three hundred dollars. So, so you'd have even more added mm-hmm. to your Part B premium. Well, there's a there's a provision that allows you to get that additional Part B premium taken off, and that's called a qualifying event because you're retiring and your income is going to drop. Mm. And so there's paperwork that you fill out and send into the Social Security Administration that says, "Hey, I know that my income was this two years ago," because that's what they look at. They look at your income two years ago to determine what your Part B premium is today. Um, we send in a letter. We send in a form stating my qualifying event is that I'm retiring. My income is dropping to well below uh, the the amount that would, that I would have to pay an additional premium. So please adjust yeah. my Part B premium back to normal levels. And that has got to be done with some planning, and I think yes. that's what we've talked about with a lot of people. If you just tuned in, Shannon Dyson, my guest, he is the Vice President of Shoemaker Benefits, and we're talking about the Affordable Care Act. And then I just kind of threw him a question about somebody on Medicare, excuse me, Part B, and how to plan for that. And <coughs> excuse me, Shannon, help me with this. Yep. If you're going to if you're going to go to find out about health care in just a few minutes here, a few seconds here. Tell us what to do if you're going to go find it. I know it starts with healthcare.gov. Yeah, so for individuals, uh, for for this coming year, again, you cannot get health insurance on an individual basis unless you have a qualifying event. Uh, But the main thing to know is if you do have a qualifying event, if you get married, if you get divorced, if you have a child, you have 30 days to get a plan. If you wait longer than that period of time, you're, again, locked out until the following year. Um, The subject we were just talking about with the Medicare subject, there is not a – when you retire, you can automatically come on and get part. A and Part B. So even if you're 70 years old, you've been working um, and you retire, you don't have to wait until the end of the year to get your Part A, Part B in a supplement. Uh, you can you can get that at the end of your uh, when, when you quit working. When you quit working. Yep. Uh, Shannon Dyson, he is the vice president of Shoemaker Benefits. You can call him at 757-5757 and ask any question. He's got the answer when it comes to health care, anytime an update, especially when it comes to the Affordable Care Act. We'll be back in just a minute. I've got Terry Hurt and Taylor Lloyd coming up. Shoemaker Financial. We're talking about college. It's coming, ready or not. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. 
helping you make the most of your money. Talk Money will return right after this. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Contact Keisha Parrish at 901-757-5757 or email at kparish at shoemakerfinancial.com. Helping you make the most of your money. This is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. Welcome back. I am Jim Shoemaker, and we are talking with a couple of people in just a few minutes. But before I get to that, I want to tell you a couple of things going on at the office, and that's uh, number one, state of the markets. And that's uh, this is one of those that we do about every quarter, and we have a great attendance. I want to invite you, and just all you have to do is call the office at 757 757- Five seven five seven. Keith Quinn, of course, is our speaker. He used to be on the radio with me a lot. He's a frequent guest and uh, does a great job. State of the markets. That's Thursday, February the eighteenth, in the Shoemaker Financial Training Room. It's at eight o'clock a.m. and it lasts until nine, and then again at twelve o'clock and until one o'clock. It's uh, both times, both on Thursday. February the 18th, and there's a continental breakfast served and a light lunch at 1130 and a continental breakfast at 730. Again, 757-5757 will reserve your seat for the state of the state of the markets at uh, Shoemaker Financial with Keith Quinn. Also, finance and finesse, basics on how to insure your love. Now, this is one of those that if you're looking for a fun Friday night, this is one that you ought to go to. It's hosted and instructed by Terry Rogers. And all you have to do again is call 757-5757, and it's Friday, February the 12th. It has something to do around this Valentine's Day. So if you're looking for something to really have a good night, it's with Terry Rogers. And let me tell you what, it will be a fun night. Again, just call the office at 757-5757. That's February the 12th. That's uh, Finance and Finesse with Terry Rogers. My guest and uh, is two people that I think know a lot about this subject from experience and reality. If you have children and college is in their future, which we all want our kids, if they want to go to college, we absolutely want to be able to provide that. Then it's time to start preparing to save for that event. My guest is Terry Hurt and Taylor Lloyd from Shoemaker Financial, and they talk about it's coming, go guys. College is coming, ready or not. So welcome to the program, ladies. Thank you. Thanks for having us. You know, let me uh, ask you this. Let me start with you, Terry. You're right in the middle of this. You know, you've got a sophomore and a freshman in college. So when I say experience, uh, you've been down this path. You're, you know, you're paying for it. You're going through the process. So give me some things that you need to consider when you start uh, working with this. And I know you talk to your clients about this a lot. So help me out. Tell me what we should start with. Well, in working with parents, one of the first conversations I like to have has to do with what they want their children's college experience to be like. Do they want it to parallel their college experience? Uh, will it include Greek life? Will it be 
uh, a private school, a public school, an in-state school, a junior college perhaps, and some of these things should be considered in making a decision uh, for saving. So when you talk about that, you're saying you've got to, is this the time that you sit down, you know, you and your husband, I know, sit down with this and do you guys do the planning and then bring it to the daughter in your case? Or was it more you kept the daughters in the loop and said, okay, what do you want to do? Because sometimes I'm thinking, you know, I remember my dad, uh, he kind of said, son, here's kind of the three options you got. You pay a semester and, and I'll pay a semester. That was one option. You go and you pay it all if you choose to. Or you can go here and I'll help you a little bit. With, I mean, it was kind of like he he had his idea, but it was uh, he kind of shared with me in a very intimate way how that idea was going to fit. You know what I'm saying? How do you do that? Well, you know, we have four daughters. And early on, uh, we started college savings plans for each of them. And to, to be sure that we were covered we split it down the middle and said, well, two will probably go private and two will go public. You just didn't know the two. We just didn't know the two. I got so you. we saved enough money to be able to fund that uh, when they got to college. I now have two in college. And uh, after paying for private school, I actually got a raise. I got you. So going private school here in Memphis. You know, when you think about that, I had uh, two daughters. Now, let me share this with you because from a planning perspective, it's one thing to pray for daughters going to college. You also got weddings to plan for, too. Just just keep that in mind. You guys, it doesn't go away. You, you, you follow me with that? Uh, Taylor, let me ask you this. What if you've got, if you're, you know, you're working with a child, I know with your clients, you think about this. What if you've got a child that says, I don't know if I really want to go to college. How do you deal with that? Um, well, that's a really, uh, very realistic question, Jim. Um, most of the, this is when you, it's important to implement a flexible college funding strategy. Um, so not necessarily all of your funds are tied up into, um, funds that are specific for higher education costs. In other words, I know a lot of people jump immediately on a 529 plan. Correct. And again, we know the rules with 529 plan that has to go towards education. Right. It doesn't have to be that child's that child's education fund, but it's got to go to education or you pay penalties and taxes. And so that's exactly. kind of what you're saying. So know the strategy before you get all the way through that, right? Yes. Okay, when we come back, we're going to dive in a little deeper. We're going to talk about how do you decide what college to start saving for. We said private or maybe it's public. Maybe it's going to the SEC team. Maybe you can always see that. We're going to talk about some of the vehicles, and we're going to type, you know, as far as the appropriate vehicles. So my guests are Taylor Lloyd and Terry Hurt. We're talking about college. It's coming, ready or not. We'll be right back after we listen to Rebecca Brazier talk about the Mid-South moment. Stay with us. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Podcasts of the Talk Money program are available for iOS mobile devices. Go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money will return right after this. On September 26, 1933, all the members of the John Dillinger gang escaped from prison in Michigan City, Indiana in the early morning hours. What is not well known is that the FBI arrested notorious Memphis gangster and bootlegger George Machine Gun Kelly that same morning on the order of J. Edgar Hoover. 
Kelly had kidnapped Oklahoma City tycoon Charles Urschel and had been on the run for over 50 days before the FBI caught up with him in Memphis. Kelly surrendered to the FBI and Memphis police without a fight. The trials that follow were significant because they were the first kidnapping trials in the United States after kidnapping was made a federal offense. They also marked the first time that defendants were moved by airplane, and it was the first major crime solved by the FBI. George Kelly and his wife were convicted and sentenced to life in prison. George spent 17 years in Alcatraz before being transferred to Leavenworth. He died three years later of a heart attack on his 59th birthday. This has been another Mid-South History Moment brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Securian Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. Welcome back. My guest is Taylor Lloyd and Terry Hurt. We're talking about college planning. And the idea is if you have a child that you think is going to college, you know college is in their future. When is when do you start planning? I mean, you know, it's so easy to say I'm going to do that after this or, you know, and then all of a sudden you're digging into retirement money or you're having to get a second mortgage or the child ends up graduating from college with a huge amount of debt. We see that so much. We actually do a program about how kids that have been in college, how to try to get out of debt. Well, we're talking today about how to do the planning, how to get started, how to at least move in and think about planning if you think your child's going to go to college. So, Taylor, let me ask you this. How do you decide, you know, what college to start savings for? I mean, if the child is thinking about going to a, a school here locally, it's one thing. If they're going off, if they're going to a private school that's away. So, I mean, I know it's tough to decide this, but how do you get it going, especially when you got a young child? Jim, yes, this is a very tough decision to decide, um, especially when your children are very young, because at that point, you don't know if they're going to Harvard or if they're going to University of Tennessee. I can tell you that in my case, Harvard was not mentioned. I mean, guys, <laughs> I tell you, my dad will find us a dad. I want to go to Harvard. After I picked him up off the floor, <laughs> he would have said not a chance. But go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, it's really hard to decide where they're going to go. But some questions to consider would be, um, do you want to start saving for a public or a private college? Also, do you want to start saving for an in-state or out-of-state college? Now, what Terry said earlier was that you just said two would go to private and two would go to college, you know, to to a public, and you didn't care which two. That's just kind of the mindset. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me, how did you get to that decision? I mean, is that something you just said? This is the best way to plan. Well, uh, we used more than the five twenty nine to do some planning uh, to have the flexibility, but we didn't want to overfund the five twenty nine plans. So we felt like, you know, segregating between a public school and a private school education, um, that there would be adequate funds to get them through undergraduate school. And if any funds were left over, they could also apply that to graduate school or med school or whatever else they Mm -hmm. wanted to achieve. What are some of the ways to fund the plan? I mean, let's just go through some of those. Again, we're not recommending a particular vehicle right now, but the reality is I want you thinking about what are you doing are you doing anything? And these ladies are talking about getting started. And if you would like to have them speak to your group, your ladies group or a, a community group or church group, they are available. Simply call the office at 757-5757. And they really do a seminar called 
college is coming, ready or not. And they are excellent at it to get you into thinking the process, but not just getting you disturbed enough to say, I got to do something. They have ways of starting it for you and giving you giving you some ideas how to get started. So, Terry, my question is, how do you pay for it? How do you what what are some of the vehicles that you might think about when you start looking at that? Well, some of the vehicles uh, to think about are whether you want to set up a uniform trust to minors account or uniform gift to minors account. You could set up a Coverdell education savings account. You could set up a 529 plan, which tends to be the most popular. Uh, it you, gets the most press right now. It gets the most press. Mm-hmm. And But one of, the, one of the sleepers in this is really using cash value life insurance. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people overlook that as a great option to fund for college because it does provide the most flexibility. Well, I know I used that in my personal case where I took my my two daughters. I had bought life insurance on them when they were very young. And so I just made sure I put enough cash into that because if they didn't go to college, it's still with cash. I could use it for a wedding. You know, I mean, uh-huh. I had all the flexibility I needed for that. Now, you know, there's all kinds of things that you need to understand about an insurance policy. So there's, there, just don't jump on that. But the reality was for me, it was the vehicle that worked for me the best because, again, I used some of it for college. I used some of it for the wedding, and, and I still have some of it, so <laughs> but I don't, I'm giving it to them. But you know what I'm saying? There is flexibility doing that. So let's go back over those. Uniform gift to minors or uniform trust to minors. You need to dive into that, learn some more about that if you're, if you're listening. Coverdale Education Savings Account, Section 529 Plans, Roth IRAs. You didn't mention that, but that's a good way yes. of doing it. If you've got a Roth, you can use those dollars. And then, of course, life insurance cash values. All of that is something that you might be able to consider using a variety of these investment vehicles or, or vehicles to set aside. But they all have their benefits. You know that. And you need to make sure that you're considering all those things that you have to think about before you make a choice. And again, I would say you the guys that they need to talk to. So if they're if they're thinking about this and they want to start a vehicle, seven five seven five seven five seven, Taylor Lloyd, Terry Hurt. Uh they know about the system to to put help you put this together. Um I guess let me ask this, because I'm thinking, okay, when do you start this? Taylor, if I've got a young kid, let's say I've just had a child and I, I want to start, give me some of the thoughts about how the savings, and I know just just use some interest, yeah, do some things there. Just give me if I started saving an X number of dollars, and and say at eight uh, percent, I understand. I don't. I'm not. This is not an investment. I just want you to kind of tell me because I really want you to compare this because I'm going to ask you, Terry, if I waited till I was ten years old, you know, this this cost of waiting is such a big item. So I want our listeners to understand. Get started early. So help me with that. If I start with a two-year-old, what do I get? Totally? Right, absolutely, Jim. The earlier is um, starting earlier is definitely better. So if you started saving when your child was two years old, um, for example, putting two hundred and fifty dollars a month uh, for, and that equals three thousand dollars a year, you would have an investment period of sixteen years. So you have a lot longer time for that investment to for the compounding interest to be working in your favor. So the total amount that I've invested over that 16-year period? Would be $48,000. Okay, that's a lot of money, but yes. I got a lot of cost. I mean, I got a lot of this This cost of college is expensive. So $48,000 I've invested. Yes. Okay, how much is it when a kid gets ready to go to college? The value when college starts would be around 98000 
So I've grown. That's a pretty substantial, about a $50,000 growth. Tax-free okay. growth. Now, keep it in mind, guys, you just used 8% because we, I just wanted you to throw out a number there, but you used 8% for that. Correct. I want everybody to understand, don't get into this as an investment. That wasn't that, that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to show you the cost of waiting. Now, Terry, if I wait till I'm 10 years old, what's the deal here? Well, if you wait till you're 10 years old... Uh, and you put the same amount of money aside each month. That's two hundred and fifty dollars per month, or three thousand a year. You only have an investment period of eight years, and so you invest a total of twenty-four thousand dollars. And when your child starts college, uh, the value is about thirty-four thousand dollars. Okay, so what we're trying to say, and I think you guys do that exactly the way. I mean, you ended up with one's got a fifty thousand dollar advantage, tax-free growth. The other one's got a ten thousand. One starting at a two-year-old versus a 10-year-old, obviously start early, but don't let anybody think for a second that we're not saying at least get started. Right. Don't wait. I mean, if you have waited till you've got a 10-year-old or even if you waited till you got a 15-year-old, get started. Anything you can set aside for college is important. Absolutely. Well, that's absolutely right. And the other thing I think that parents overlook is the ability for their children to take out student loans and if they're starting later, they can use the power of of generating some growth on the investments through these different vehicles to help pay for those loans in the future. All right, I want to talk more about that when we come back. That's a great that's a great thought and a great planning idea. So if you just tuned in, I'm talking to Terry Hurt and Taylor Lloyd. We're talking about college is coming, ready or not. If you've got a child that you've been thinking that really might go to college, really wanting to go to college, and you haven't done any planning it's time to start preparing to, for that event. It's going to happen. They're going to come to you, walk in one day and say, hey, Dad, hey, Mom, I am going to college. I want to go to college. How are we going to pay for it? That's what we're talking about right now. So stay with us. We'll be back right after this. This is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. Individuals should always consult with their attorney or tax professional regarding their own specific situation. Talk Money will return right after this. Take a second and think about the three most important goals or priorities in your life right now. At Shoemaker Financial, their team of qualified and experienced financial professionals is committed to helping you achieve these goals or priorities. From insurance needs to college funding, retirement, or estate planning, Shoemaker Financial is here to help you accomplish your long-term financial objectives. To learn more, visit ShoemakerFinancial.com or contact them at 901-757-5757. At Shoemaker Financial, it's not just the plan, it's the results. Helping you make the most of your money. This is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. I'm talking to Terry Hurton and to Taylor Lloyd about college planning. And if you happen to have a child that's getting ready to go to college or thinking about college, or you just had a child and you know college is in their future, it's time to start preparing for it. Don't wait until they walk in that senior year and say, I want to go to college. you got to get started. And it's important because it should be a part, if you desire it for your child, and most of us do, it should be a great experience for them, and they shouldn't walk out. In fact, it walk out in, in terribly in debt, but that is part of what we were talking about before the break. And, Terry, kind of go through that process again. You, were, you kind of talked about doing planning around if they're going to have debt, what they need to be thinking about. Well, some of the things to think about is 
if you can't afford to pay for your child's education or just say you got started later and you did not have all the funding in place at the time your child starts college, your child has the ability to take out student loans. And the truth is, is your child has about 40 years ahead of them to work to pay those loans off. But if you wanted to give them a, a, a head start on that, you could begin saving later, uh, put a vehicle in place that will achieve the accumulation of cash to help them pay those loans off in the future. You know, that's it's just a matter of a, of a family working together. Right, I absolutely. Mean, this is about spending the time, doing some planning, and, and making sure that if you really do want your child to go to college, don't wait until they're 18 and start now. Start early. And, and I like the fact that you have two, that you've been through it, and it didn't bring a huge disaster to you. I mean, it didn't upset. You said you actually got a raise, but, but the reality was that, you know, you had some, you had some thought process. That go, and it didn't start yesterday. It started early on when you first had children. That's correct. And I guess that's what I want to make sure people, you know, I guess, Taylor, when creating a college funding strategy, I guess help our listening audience understand some things that they need to take into consideration, very specific. Well, what I find is a lot of times when parents are looking at the price of, tu- um, the price of tuition at school, that's it. They are just looking at the price of tuition. They aren't taking into consideration other factors that are also going to add to the cost of college, including books, room and board, um, possibly sororities, fraternities. So as a You're st- talking about the experience. And back the experience. Basically what Terry talked about earlier, the, the experience of going to college. Terry, we actually said this earlier that the reality is it's not just about just getting an education. That is priority. But I know my college was not just getting an education. Now, my dad thought that was the only reason why I went to college. But it is the experience of growing up. It is that independence of growing up. That's the experience, too. Yes, that's correct. It's absolutely correct. And I believe that parents really need to take a step back and decide, what do I want my child's college experience to be like? Well, Taylor, you talk about that parents need to consider what they want to save for and provide for their children. So to help me with that, what's the rest of that thought process? Right. As I stated earlier, the parents really need to decide what they want to save for and provide for their children's college, as we, as we stated, experience. So do they want to pay for the whole nine yards, tuition, books, um, rent, etc.? Do they want their just to cover tuition, just to pay strictly for tuition, or do they do they want their children to work? And, well, that the key is I worked, and uh, some kids work, some can, some can't. I mean, that's you know, I mean, uh, right. it was all part of it. So it's a planning process. Some children end up working their way through college. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I think it's extremely important. But again, it's all about planning. It's all about making sure that you spend some energy with the student, Terry. You mentioned that, and and spend the time doing that. Is that can I put it that way? Absolutely, guys. Y'all did a great job. I want to bring Shannon back, Shannon. The whole thought process, if you just now tuned in, Shannon was on at the earlier part of the program. We were talking about the health care update. Summarize, Shannon, what's going on with the Affordable Care Act? It's over, open enrollment is over. Yeah, I think that's it's important to uh, to go back and look. We talked about several negative things with the Affordable Care Act in the last one when, when I was on. There are some positive things with it as well. People with having no preexisting conditions, uh, people that could previously not afford health insurance being able to afford health insurance now. 
uh, but that just doesn't take away from the reality that it did not bring pricing down uh, like it was thought that it would. Uh, and it doesn't take away from the reality that we have some serious decisions coming up at the end of this year and into next year as prices continue to increase. Uh, and I think this election this year is going to go a long way uh, to determining where we are next year. Well, that's that's so critical. You guys have done a great job. Thank you, Shannon. I mean, you've you really helped us get some insight into the Affordable Care Act. You always do a good job. We'd like to have you, you on the program. Thank you. Great guest. Ladies, excellent, because I think, really, you kind of helped us get some insight into start doing some planning. Thank you for being a part of the program, both of you, very much. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for having us. And again, if you just tuned in, this program was all about college education and the Affordable Care Act. You can listen to this program again. Just simply go to to uh, iTunes, type in Shoemaker Financial. You can listen to the podcast at any time. Again, we appreciate you being with us. Today has been an exciting program. I've enjoyed it. I want to thank Shannon Dyson and Taylor Hurt Lloyd and Terry Hurt. They've been our guests. Producer and board operator is Art Frederick. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistants, Eleanor Moskovitz. And Mid-South History Moment by Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you've been listening to Talk Money here on KWAM 990. And again, we're here every Friday helping you make the most of your money. The Mid-South Station with the most local talk and CBS News at the top. Jim Shoemaker, Shannon Dyson, Terry Hurt, and Taylor Lloyd are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated, securities dealer member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. CBS News at the top of every hour and the most local talk in the Mid-South.